Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Happy, happy hour, everybody. Hey. Oh, it's happy. Why? Because we have Barb McQuay talking about Trump going to prison. Ah. And a barely clad Hal Sparks. And what is not, whatever, he brings all his just like love and sex and magic. And he was making me feel funny things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. (laughs) Anyway, Trump going to jail and Hal Sparks. If that doesn't get you off, that doesn't give you multiples. And I can't help you. We cannot help you. What good are we? Happy, happy hour. Get your face up. Well, you know I'm a healthy eater, and eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Get after your goals. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes, smoothies. Discover a wide variety of easy options. Options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. There's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup is needed. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Head on over to factormeals.com liberal50 and use that code liberal50 to get 50% off. Once again, the code liberal50 at factormeals.com liberal50 for 50% off. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook, with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, Barb McQuaid. 
Well, good morning. That'll wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always have to start with Wolverines. But anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Also, I totally forgot your husband is from my hometown of Lockport, New York. Lockport, to... New York. Yep. Got a chance to visit there this weekend. What a beautiful town. And all my friends, from high school friends from Lockport, were here out yeah. for a wedding. Um, small world. We have so much to talk about. I do honestly not even know where to start, but I think... Because you're a university professor, we have to start, I think, with the Supreme Court's just egregious action, you know, affirmative action, student loan. It, start wherever you'd like to start, because I know you have a unique view, I'm sure, of it. Yeah, both of these opinions are really distressing. I mean, one, they're going to have a terribly adverse effect on minority students and on students who are lower income and need to borrow money to go to college. Yeah. But, you know, the court is not about the ends. The court is not about the results. The court is about the process. And that's what matters. And so, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, there's, as John Roberts likes to say, they call balls and strikes, right? They're not supposed to tinker with the outcome. But if you look at each of these cases, Stephanie, um, it really seems like the court did not stick to the normal process. So first, with regard to affirmative action, Chief Justice Roberts has always had this sort of colorblind view of the world which is not what the law requires. And I think it's a very common myth that the law requires co colorblindness. And it's a, it's a lovely aspiration if we lived in a country without 250 years of slavery, Jim Crow, and discrimination. But what the law says is that the state government may draw lines based on race as long as it is narrowly tailored to achieve a compelling governmental interest. And the last time the court spoke on this, a case called Grutter versus Bollinger out of the University of Michigan, it said diversity in the classroom is a compelling governmental interest. And so if universities, you know, don't have strict quota rules, but they consider race as a plus factor among other factors so that they can achieve the diversity they want in their classrooms to benefit all students, then that's permissible. And here, you know, I think what we saw is the court didn't quite strike that down, but by finding the Harvard and the North Carolina programs unconstitutional, it's hard to see how any affirmative action program would ever be uh, passed past that test. Yeah. So well, we that, have that really strikes me as instead of following precedent, following p the policy preferences of the majority of the court. Yeah. Who's they don't strike me as justices yeah. anymore, but right. like Fox News talking points. But so we have these, uh, you know, dueling. Stephen Miller threatens lawsuit against schools who ignore SCOTUS affirmative action. He also apparently believes it's legal to blow up uh, boats full of migrants. Um, but, you know, I, I'm interested in your take on this other. A civil rights group is challenging legacy admissions at Harvard, saying the practice discriminates against students of color by giving an unfair boost to the mostly white children of alumni. I mean, this is something we've known about forever. Right. But they did, you know, they did statistics, right? Seventy percent of Harvard's donor related and legacy applications are white. Being a legacy student makes an, uh, an applicant roughly six times more likely to be admitted. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but this seems to me like a, a fair case to make that there's still yeah. affirmative action for rich white legacy kids. Right. I think that's right, Stephanie. And so this case is brought under a statute, not the Equal Protection Clause, which has that um, compelling governmental interest, narrowly tailored language. This is under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VI. And what that says is, first, a plaintiff has to show that there is some uh, educational program that it ha it has some discriminatory effect. It does not require intent to discriminate, just that it has a disparate impact. 
And according to this complaint, as you just said, 70% of the beneficiaries of these legacy programs and donor programs are white. So they've made out that case. But then the burden shifts back to the university, the defendant, to say it is an educational necessity to have this program in place. And if they can do that, they can, they can prevail. But even Harvard does not say this is any kind of educational necessity. What they say instead is, you know, it's good for community building. It's good because it encourages generous financial support, right? Yeah. We all like donors, right? We all like that. And if people yes. think their kid might get in for the big donation, then bring it on. Um, I think, I, I, you know, the facts are going to matter if they can make up their case. But as elections complaint, I think they have a very strong case. I do, too. I, this line, a spot given to a legacy or donor-related applicant is a spot that becomes unavailable to an applicant who meets the admissions criteria based purely on his or her own merit. Uh, if legacy and donor preferences are removed, it adds more students of color. Uh, it, uh, it adds more students of color would be admitted to Harvard. I mean, you know, Jody and I had our own stories. Jody's mom is Carol Burnett, who went to UCLA. Jody applied to UCLA, didn't get in, <laughs> got into the UC system but not specifically UCLA but didn't mention her mom as Carol Burnett <laughs> like, right you know and I was saying in my case I was second in my class I got into Stanford and Notre Dame but I didn't get into Yale because my, you know I didn't know anyone that went there and nobody I didn't know any big donors or anything like and we were laughing and my dad ran for vice president but Chris said well if maybe if he won he would have gotten in <laughs> But, you know, seriously, like we all know, right. how privileged do you have to be? you got to be a Bush or a Kushner or a Trump, apparently, and give that kind of money. And it, how is that fair? Yeah, in fact, in that complaint you just read from, they cite some statistics. Again, it'll have to bear out. They'll have to do some fact-finding to see if this is true. But the allegation says that a typical student has a 3% chance of getting admitted. If you are the child of a donor or a legacy that goes up by six to seven times. So instead of a 3% chance of being admitted, you now have a 20% chance of being admitted if you are in one of these protected categories. And who is it that gets protected in that way? The wealthy, the privileged, those who can make a donation, and those whose parents or grandparents went to these schools before you. So I I think that this is um, a a very strong challenge, and uh, I'll be curious to see what defenses are raised, but it's hard to imagine a defense that demonstrates that this is somehow an educational necessity. Yeah. Let's talk about student loans for a minute. So within hours of the Supreme Court striking down his student debt forgiveness plan, Biden announced a new path he will use in an attempt to turn his promise to provide debt relief to millions of Americans into a reality. It would uh, instead rely on provisions in a different law called the Higher Education Act. It would give the power to the Secretary of education to forgive these loans. Um, Biden insisted his strategy is legally sound, but cautioned it will take longer to implement than the original plan because it'll have to go through a lengthy federal rulemaking process. I mean, a lot of people, of course, Barbara, are saying, as President Biden said, this is not a normal court. And a lot of people are saying the conservative justices will find any excuse to reject a Democratic priority they dislike, whatever the legal reasoning is. Do you feel like this plan B has any better chance? Yeah, I don't know, because as you say, it it does really feel like this court is very uh, results driven. For example, you know, this is the majority of the court uh, ascribes to this textualist theory that we just read the words. We don't look to the intent or the words as they were meant at the time of the reading. We don't put any modern gloss on it. What the law says is that the secretary of education may modify or waive the repayment of student loans during a time of national emergency. Here, the Secretary of Education said, COVID-19, this is a national emergency. I am going to um, modify loans and allow students to 
forgive up to $20,000 for certain incomes, $10,000 for other incomes and the like. And they said, you know, modify. When they said modify, I don't think they really meant modify. What it really meant was modest modify. And because this is such a large modification, this can't be what they meant when they said modify. And, yeah. you know, the response by the Biden administration was, but it says wave. They go wave mm-hmm. it all together. Yeah, yeah, wave and cancel are different things. So I don't think so. Well, I mean, it really feels like they're just being too cute by half and striking down this program um, in, in the face of language that seems to permit it. Yeah. Well, Barb, again, it seems once again, voting in Congress yeah. is the only remedy we're going to have here. Talk to us about this, this fictional gay website case, which <laughs> none of us seem to understand. I know Rachel Bittacoffer, I think, tweeted you and said, Barb McQuaid, how? How does this get all the way to the Supreme Court when they don't have standing? Right? I mean, this is fictional. How did this happen? Can you explain? <laughs> Yeah, so this is the uh, 303 Creative versus Elena's case you're talking yep, about, yeah, the, yep, uh, yeah. the, the the website. You know, this one strikes me, actually, although I think, again, this is policy masquerading as law when they are discriminating against people. There's a, there's a, a Colorado law that says that LGBT com- community is protected from discrimination in places of public accommodation. Businesses cannot discriminate on that basis. That strikes me as a compelling governmental reason that's narrowly tailored that require anyone who opens their doors to do business, to do business with minorities, religious groups, and members of the LGBTQ community. I am less troubled on the standing issue, I think, than other people are, because I think this is what is sometimes referred to as a pre-enforcement action. Because it is state action, a person could have the chilling effect. Um, I don't want to run afoul of the law, so I'm going to file a lawsuit to get an opinion uh, before I actually suffer injury. When it's the state that is enforcing a law that's actually permissible. In fact, it was the absence of that state enforcement that I think really rankled me and others when Texas pre-Dobbs passed that law about the Texas heartbeat law yeah. uh, that made it illegal to perform abortion services after six weeks or so of, um, of from conception. And the, the, the workaround they did there was instead of making it enforceable by the state, which would permit pre-enforcement action and uh, perhaps get it struck down, they made it only um, allowable by private action. So an individual yeah. could sue someone on that basis. So when you have the state, as we do in this Alenis case, uh, as the enforcer out there, the worry is it could have a chilling effect even before uh, you you are injured. So yeah. I have less of a problem with that, but I still have a problem on the merits of this decision, yeah. which really says um, I can close my doors, even though I've opened to others, based on my religious view that your marriage is quote false. Well, you had a great tweet. I have a religious objection to bigots. Can I deny yeah. now deny them <laughs> services too? I mean, and by the way, you made a great point about voting as well. You said uh, if there's a silver lining to the student loan ruling, and also this one, you know, uh, it, it's likely to have the effect of getting out the student vote. I mean, this quote about that: Congress uh, could pass a law that does exactly what Biden's executive order pretended to do. If their bill really is that popular, either they can pressure enough Republicans to flip, or they can defeat enough Republicans for opposing it and take back Congress immediately pass their bill in January 2025. I mean, the only good news that happened is God bless voting rights and Neil Katyal, right? I mean, it just seems like that's the only way we're going to be able to address a lot of this is by voting, right? I mean, the president said, I mean, the president can't expand the Supreme Court, but Congress can, right? Yeah, and I I think the one good news from last week from the Supreme Court was that Moore versus Harper case where the majority rejected that independent state legislature theory, which was a very terrifying 
possibility that a state legislature could simply overrule the votes of a state and impose their own slate. You know, this was part of the uh, Jeffrey Clark, uh, Donald Trump plot to steal the election. It would make that permissible. So at least that got beaten back. You know, there's still partisan gerrymandering out there that is skewing election results. There's still voter suppression laws that are making it difficult for young people and minorities to vote. Uh, but um, as you just said, I, I think one of the things we saw post-Dobbs here in my home state of Michigan was voters were highly motivated on the question of abortion after Dobbs. Yeah. Uh, Michigan passed a constitutional amendment to permit abortion. Um, and for the first time in 40 years, Democrats took the House and the Senate in the yes. state. We could see a similar, you know, nothing will mobilize young people like taking away their student loan forgiveness. Yes. So it be oh. the same backlash nationally, I think. Let's get to the fun stuff about Donald Trump going to prison before we go. <laughs> I saved the best for last. It's like dessert. Um, you, <laughs> a bunch of tantalizing tweets of yours. You said uh, reports indicate Jack Smith is focusing on Trump's lawyers in the J6 probe. Um, you said in the Mar-a-Lago indictment, Trump's best defense is likely delay. Watch for the tell, what we call oceans of motions. Um, you said if Jack Smith has not already interviewed for former Arizona Governor Ducey, you can bet he's typing up the subpoena now. More evidence of conspiracy to defraud the United States. It it sure feels like we're going to warp speed on both of these cases. Where, where do, where's your take on where we are now in documents and J6? Yeah, in some ways, it was an unfortunate distraction for Jack Smith to have to work on this Mar-a-Lago case. I mean, an important case, yeah. but something he needed to work through. But it seems that now that that case is under indictment, he is really um, accelerating the investigation. And, you know, we only know what's publicly reported. There's likely lots of other stuff occurring below the surface. Um, but the fact that they've had Meadows into the grand jury, they've had Mike Pence into the grand jury, and now they seem to be looking at the fake electors and some of the lawyers. Um, you never know how much is next. You know, even in my own cases, people would ask me, when are you going to indict this case? I, said, I don't know. I get it. I, you know, every time you talk to a witness, there might be one more. You know, they might tell you about five more witnesses that you have to talk to. Yeah. But um, it does seem like they have uh, very solid evidence to prove um, a theory of conspiracy to defraud the United States. That is interfering with a function of government, the lawful uh, transition of presidential power by means of fraud, lying to the public about uh, a stolen election. And so it, it strikes yeah. me as a good theory there when they're, I don't know when they'll be yeah. done gathering all the evidence. Yeah. Um, last one, real quick. You said as former U.S. Attorney Rudy Giuliani knows federal cases are ma how they're made. His proffer is the first step toward exploring cooperation and a plea agreement. There is no honor among thieves. What Can you explain what is a proffer? What is yeah. happening with him? So a proffer is kind of the first step toward uh, exploring a cooperation and plea agreement. Lawyers, uh, prosecutors don't want to um, uh, promise leniency or... Uh, declining charges uh, in a vacuum. They want to know what the person can deliver. So it's sort of like taking a car for a test drive. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what you say before I promise you anything. So come in. I promise I won't use anything you say against you in this one meeting and tell me everything you know and everything you're able to tell me uh, that would be of value to me as a prosecutor in prosecuting other people. Mo he met with them for eight hours. Most often when someone comes in and has that conversation, uh, you know, especially someone in Rudy Giuliani's position, Prosecutors hear some things that sound valuable and they say, all right, uh, we will agree to a cooperation deal. You must plead guilty, but we will uh, seek leniency with the judge up to and including probation, depending on what you are allowed able to deliver. So it sounds like they're working down that path. And I think Rudy knows where the bodies are buried. 
Yay! Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking time for us on a big vacation week. We love you, Bar McQuaid. And See, listen to Sisters in Law podcast. Oh, oh, Sisters in Law is the yes. best. Yes. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. All, All right. right. Thanks, Debbie. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And they're on the road now, like the rock stars that they are, right? doing live shows. <laughs> Barb's diving into the mosh pit. Yeah, totally. Jill Winebanks <laughs> is doing jello shots. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Those ladies on the road. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah! Oh, hi. Hi, Hal. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Be, uh, sc- there hi. Scantily. Can you not hear me? Yeah, yes, we I can hear you now. Uh... <laughs> I had to be scantily clad to counteract the absolute uh, genital dulling energy of Mike Pence. You know, the, the man who can single-handedly lower birth rates as he walks through a town like this, like the devil waving his hand over a bed of daisies uh, and watching them wilt like they've been in the sun for a hundred years. Mike People's Pence libido. Single, does that to everyone's libido bar none. Even his own. I mean, that's. I guess all all libido destruction starts at home. Yeah. But uh, also uh, mm. not true at all. By the way, about his uh, tough on China stance. Right. Uh, because largely that was window dressing, and I would like to go on record as saying that a big portion of their quote unquote tariffs, where they were paying the farmers for the stuff that the twenty eight billion yes. was actually an arrangement with the Chinese government for Trump to get cash from yep. them to pay off voters so he could stay in office, so he could continue yes. to drive manufacturing out of the United States and never bring it back home. And by the way, CHIPS Act, anyone? Yes. Uh, Trump could have passed it. Why didn't he? Yep. Because he didn't think of it or he didn't want to do it, either one or both. Right, right, exactly. Um, all right, uh, speaking of scantily clad, uh, somehow the theme this morning has been uh, sex and gay bathrooms. Right. Gay, oh, yes. gay club bathrooms, right? and suddenly I was having a queer as folk flashback, and then there you showed up scantily clad. <laughs> um, also, I'd like to say for the record, uh, the Wham! documentary is out, uh, apparently. I, saw, I watched it yesterday. I don't doubt it. Again, uh, how many times is that? Is that the 15th time or whatever? Um, it should just be called I Feel Seen for some of my friends from high school. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Speaking of, I think, what was it George Michael said about uh, being busted for having sex in a, in a park men's Game room? Was, bathroom, uh, right. I was never one to pass up a free lunch, I think is what his <laughs> yeah. quote was. Yes, <laughs> yep. The man who originally d- developed the PR scheme of if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> right. By the way, wasn't it a Griffith Park bathroom? I think no, so. No? no, it was a park in Beverly Hills. Oh, pardon yeah. me. Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, how? the. The, the park, park in Beverly Hills, yeah. not right. just any park, oh, please. fine. Okay. He's George Michaels. I mean, How? the man has standards. <laughs> Though you are smoking hot, you were also a giant nerd, and you've already read the entire yeah. uh, Trump warrant that was unredacted <laughs> Again, yesterday. the extra parts. I, yeah, I, I got the version with the centerfold that came out this <laughs> week um, with the additional, which is just like hair on fire, livid sections like the right. we we at this point in many ways know this which is why they re, they unredacted some of it there are also it seems pictures in there that are redacted that are not redacted in in the indictment for example right. but are still for whatever purpose where they got them how they got them maybe the 
the original picture has the timestamp on them that's in the warrant that they just hid so they it wouldn't be seen where it was. I think the biggest yeah. addition is just the amount of video activity because Trump had to hand over the you know the security well, you camera said, footage you at, said off air at Mar-a-Lago. That, that you always read something and go like oh oh my god did he really say that out loud to someone and the answer is generally yes yes yeah. he did yes. he is that yeah, dumb yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. i was reading it and i was like wait a minute this sounds familiar i'm like oh he was dumb enough to say this they're like here's the thing um, there's nothing more here there's all the things everything we've had done a very thorough search and then they have the ver- surveillance video of the uh-huh, video the boxes, boxes, yeah. boxes, boxes. <laughs> to benny hill music exactly just like just like the it's it's like the end of Unbreakable when Sam Jackson is walking like hyperspeed at the end when he's, you see all the destruction he's made yeah, down the yeah. plane and crash the like it's just like okay this we is just hauntingly scary. We didn't put this Benny Hill music. This is actually on the tape. A lot, <laughs> yeah. of, a lot of big-breasted women and people moving boxes. Yeah, yeah it runs around smacking Walt Nott on the top of the head like. <laughs> Well, not uh, on who it's finally to... supposed to be going before the judge he's today. He's supposed to go because he doesn't have a lawyer. That doesn't mean you don't get charged. You know? Right. <laughs> like, what do you think? Like, oh, it didn't happen if I don't have a... Oh. That sounds hey, like you a you problem. Defender, buddy. Yeah. And uh, hey, you get a DeSantis public defender. That That's probably going to be, I got to say, more loyal to you as a client than anybody that Trump's going to appoint yep. on your behalf, if at all. If he can even find one, that's right. the other part. Right. Um, so a couple of your tweets, you uh, breaking news about the judge limiting Biden administration officials from contacting social media sites, a ruling that could curtail efforts to fight disinformation. Just what we need right now, right. more disinformation. Right. You just mm-hmm. said the ruling is based on actions that began under the Trump administration and ended under Biden. But please continue. Um, right. And I, that's the amazing to try part. to keep people alive. I mean, it's, it, it's and, well, it's yeah. even beyond that. I, that's why this is ridiculous. It, it's a, it's like a temporary injunction by a Trumpy judge. This is the kind of stuff we saw about the ACA and other stuff that got batted down. But ultimately, the you know, the the sort of gist of it is that Biden is the primary defendant in the list of defendants in this when all of the actions cited as a violation of that person's civil rights and their First Amendment rights happened in 2020. While I don't I don't remember who was president. I have to. I, was it Taft? <laughs> um, it's so long ago it seems like a thousand years ago when yeah we had some like old robber baron running the joint mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i loved your tweet wow people camped out all night to hear president trump speak i've never seen that for biden and you're like that's because we have jobs yeah <laughs> right yeah we have stuff to do lives but hockey games to go to right. kids to spend time with meanwhile these people are deadheading across the country mm-hmm. to hear him say the same crap oh, over and over while and only thing he has added besides a, you know remember he tried that like outro music like his own orchestra yeah. like his oscar walk-off music he was adding it was like spooky oscar music was that he's just added more gripes mm-hmm. that's yeah. it there's like a slightly more gripey like a couple of extra paragraphs of him just riffing about his problems. But these things are getting longer oh God. and have less in them, which is, I mean, on brand, I guess. Yeah. 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 Trump. yeah. Um, by the way, you said Trump was complaining about the pictures Fox News was using of him. <laughs> and yet, um, thanks to Mark Levin for posting a thumbnail where he looks like Carol Channing's uncle's nutsack, which, wow. <laughs> right. I, I, go ahead. <laughs> That was the best description I could come up with, yeah. and I think uh, incredibly apt. Yes. Um, but I, but I think it's part of a subterfuge movement in Trump world. And I would like to remind you know Trump as he is definitely listening, listening right now, because 
as much as he's glad to be on OAN, he dreams of being on the real deal, like Stephanie Miller's show and uh, and yeah. CNN and others, where he you know used to be friends with Oprah and people like that, and people used to let invite me to parties, and now no one calls. He's got Lindsey Graham <laughs> uh, syndrome. But uh, and who was the other one that was complaining about it? I never get invited to. Uh, oh, Dershowitz. Dershowitz. Yeah, they're in a great crowd. They yeah, don't right. have me back so, to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> yeah, no one invites they me, don't to like me in the Hamptons anymore. Yeah, they all have daughters, dummy. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, by the way, I, we come to you for Happy Clappy because it was a brutal yeah. week at the Supreme Court last week. But um, somebody tweeted, Biden and Congress must act to restore affirmative action. You said, nope, voters must. Biden yep. and Congress yep. don't have the votes to do it. We either give them the backup they need or STFU and stop pretending we give it. And uh, thank you. I uh, Listen, yeah. I think we should expand the Supreme Court. Joe Biden can't. Supre- Congress can't do, has yeah. to expand the Supreme here's, Court. Here's the thing. When Democrats are running on these very things, Right. And they have a 50-50 split in basically in, in the Senate and in the House. And supposedly the public is 70-30 for these things. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. who is letting down the system as it stands? It isn't the elected officials. The elected officials are, are, are following the constituency that it voted for them in the first place. But also the Republicans are acting based on the idea that they don't believe there's a mandate coming from the voters. Because if 70% of people believe these things, but 42% show up to vote for them, mm-hmm. then they're not afraid. They will, the Republicans will never be afraid until they see blue tsunami after blue tsunami after blue tsunami. That's the only stabilizing factor. They, like splintering out into little third party junctions and all that kind of stuff will only water down whatever mandate for the ideas you think. And they'll just go, there's a bunch of infighting over there. We don't have to couch out to this at all. And if we wait long enough, they'll split each other up and we will at 30 percent run the whole show. Mm-hmm. And that's the op- that's why they headed off the Supreme Court. That's their get out the vote campaign. They're just singularly going for one base and one base only, never expanding the tent. And the reason for that is because they figure we will divide ourselves up amongst ourselves. And and if we do that, then we really don't want the things we say we want. We just give up after they don't happen in a couple of years because it's a lot of you know, TYT, if we don't get everything, nobody gets anything. Yeah. And that's nonsense. And how, I don't know if you heard my horrifying story last week when I was uh, at my, across my mom's nursing home, there's a guy's mm-hmm. business that is closed. And in the window, he has a Gavin Newsom sucks sign in this red county in North Carolina. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was able to interview him briefly yes. in the time that I thought I would not get shot. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> but he said he voted for Trump, wouldn't do it again. I was like, woohoo, high five, great. And then as I'm leaving, he's like, I like that RFK Jr., though. I was like, no. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> no. And I just. <laughs> I, well, I start to have 2016 flashbacks that with enough factors, third party, Russia, this, that, AI, who knows? I'm like, oh, right. my God. Well, I, it, the interesting thing is RF, RFK, you know, uh, the illusion that he was he ran out there and he was running to the left of Biden on some things to try and garner, basically scoop up some of Marianne Williamson's. I like your energy, but I don't like women uh, <laughs> cast off voters. And in reality, policy wise. RFK Jr. is one to one with Trump. Yep. Yeah. And oh, so he, he said, "Oh, I'm glad Trump likes me. I'm glad anybody, Trump said he likes me." I'm yeah, like, he said oh, that. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He if he siphons votes away from anybody, it ain't gonna be Biden. It's not gonna be the Democrat. Yeah. It's going to be Trump voters who have just decided to. Well, it gives me something you know, else where I can say I'm not just a maggot cultist. It occurs to me that you know, fine American health parks. Yep. There's some there's a service you could do for your country. We were talking about Liz Cheney. 
And she was mm-hmm. saying she wouldn't do anything to help Donald Trump if they were asking her if she's going to run. If she would, if some fine American who I've never been able to see any woman resist were able to convince her to run third party, she would hurt Trump. So if there was some fine American that could... Sure, yeah. Could I, I run that up your flagpole? Some sort of male hypnosis, is that what you're yes. saying? Some I would sort like of you... beamish attractiveness to, that... I would like you um, to go convince Liz Cheney to run third party. I'll ask around. I know Richard Marks personally, so I can probably... <laughs> Uh, yeah. See if he's if it, if I could either borrow his tractor beam or uh, get him to turn it in the right direction. Yeah. Richard um, Marks has been in studio with us, yeah. so we're familiar with yeah. his tractor beam. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's rude. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's rude. Yeah. The man is so handsome, it's rude. I'm <laughs> and I consider him a great friend. Um, but yes, I it, the it turns out that everybody who's running, quite frankly, including Marianne Williamson in this regard, will will more than likely steal votes from any independent that might have leaned Trump's way not towards the Democrat. This is, and this is a fear, this is an issue in right-wing media right now because they're giving this lift to RFK. They gave him this automatic platform in the, you know, in the intellectual dark web or whatever that the dork web, like uh, Ben Shapiro crowd that's having him on because they think this is gonna eat away at Biden voters because he's running as a Democrat. It's not. No one seriously voting or no one seriously planning to vote next time is voting for RFK Jr., not a person. And if they are, then they were toying with the idea of voting for Trump. Mm -hmm. Or if a lighter Republican came along, maybe this DeSantis, maybe this uh, Vivek Ramaswamy dude could be my guy. (laughs) That's the way they're leaning. Are you saying you don't have Ramaswamy momentum? No. (laughs) Um, No. Viva Vivek. Is that what? uh, I don't know what the pumpkin is. And also Viva Las Vegas to you as well. Yes, Yes. I agree. Hey, come on now. Forget about (laughs) it. 20 minutes.